Yo, 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 holla, 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 what's good? How you feeling? It's Sims, it's Lefko back, and it's Tuesday morning, a.k.a. Monday night, a.k.a. week six what is up? almost in the books. I'm repping for Raiders right now because I feel bad for Raiders fans. Yeah, I do Because this season is slipping away, and I think they were really excited. We're not going to start off with this topic, but I just feel bad for Raiders fans. Well, we started off with this topic, so we are. But yes, uh, I do too. I really do feel for them. I feel for John Gruden. I feel for Derek Carr. Uh, so you feel for John Gruden. You don't say that this is John Gruden's fault. Uh, no, I, I I do think some of it's his fault. I well, think it definitely is. Well, yeah, but I think the big thing is, you know, if I was talking to to Raiders fans, realize that it's two uh, a step back to take two steps forward. You think so? I do. He's rebuilding his team. I don't With think he people. likes a whole lot of people on this football team. So you think he got there and said, "Meh, I don't yeah. really know about this team." Yeah, right. Take that off. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, but you think he went there? So not even like. I guess he looked at Mac and said, look, if I pay him, I can't pay a lot of people. I'd rather yeah. get two first-round picks. And we're never going to know, but I I think smart money is, is – John Gruden wanted to sign Khalil Mack. I, I'm not going to blame him for that. I don't think they could give him the money. Do you I think he likes don't. Derek Carr? I do. Yes, I do think he likes Derek Carr. Now, I saw that like report that they were saying Amari Cooper was on the trade and block. And then Gruden said that he's not. Yeah, I mean, that, I would trade Amari Cooper if I was them. I would go with that now. Just go ahead. If you're going to rebuild the team, see if you can get something for him. Unless he just feels like nobody's even going to budge for him right now. But mm. Amari Cooper's just so inconsistent. You could tell he doesn't really have the trust of Gruden or Derek Carr in the How past game. How can you tell? I could just tell he's not, he's not really ever featured in anything, like as far as a, a game plan play. I or do see like plays that. designed for Martavis. Exactly. I do right. see plays designed for, for Jared Jordy Cook. Nelson. Right. All three of them. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Derek Carr averaged 0.1 air yards on his completed passes on Sunday. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, and, and I'm not going to lie. I, I, out of the four o'clock games, yes. I, I those are the one o'clock, the one o'clock game. games. It was probably like the least I was paying Seattle attention. Seattle jumped to. out early and I, it was over. I was kind of just looking, yeah, right, vaguely here and there. Um, but I mean, Derek Carr looked like he was under duress the whole time, and we've talked about that a little bit. That their offense, especially their passing offense, has got to be a little more aggressive. It can't be, oh, we got great completion percentage, dink and dunk. Yeah, who? I mean, who cares? I mean, great completion percentage and. You know what? Oh, okay. And um, oh, their their offense. What is it ranked now? Let's see. Well, it took a hit yesterday because it was a top five offense in football going into yesterday, and now it is all the way down to fifteen. Holy crap! That's a big drop. That is a huge drop. Uh, you didn't watch a lot of that game, but everybody was watching Sunday Night Football, and if they did, they saw you in the pregame show. Oh, how was it? It was cool. I mean, it's always. Uh, that was, it's a little nerve-wracking. I was going to say, not all cameras are created equal. Not right. all microphones feel the same. Yes. And the, sometimes the lights are brighter. No, and you also are... I'm in a new setting around new people that I'm not used to doing the show around. I'm also... You know, it, it's a fast-moving show. It's the fastest hour and 15 minutes it I've flies. ever... It flies. I mean, and, and you got to be very concise and to your point. So, you know, uh, it was pretty good. If I was self-scouting myself, I'd had better. But yeah. I did pretty good, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to scout you, oh. unless you want me to. Sure. 
Uh, you, you have a little wily coyote sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do you know what that means? Like that I go too fast or go all over the place a little bit. The thing is, I know your brain so right, well right. that I know that you you go okay. So you're gonna ask me about Mahomes, and I know you. I know you're going. I have 17 different things I could say yes, right now. Right. But you. But they only want one. Yeah. Or two. And it's that's gotta be the hardest part. It is the hardest part. It definitely. Like meanwhile, is. Tony Dungy's got it to a science. Tony Dunge will be like, and that's why their entire D line should be let go. <laughs> and you're like, damn, like he would never say like that. No, but, but I know what you mean. They make one, one point. point and they hit it hard. Right. What really and got they me all was laugh. the Brady Tony Dungy's laughing all the time. Oh, but he's, I mean, he's such a good hearted person. I mean, gosh, it's hard not to just absolutely Are love him. Are him and Rodney completely different? No, not really. I just have the notion that Rodney's this like crazy asshole. No, no, Rodney. Rodney is very like reserved and quiet too. They both have like that quiet defensive back like yes. self confidence way about them. I will say with Tarico, the show has a completely different feel than Dan Patrick. Dan Patrick was like smarmy, like right. A uh, pick from Blake Bortles? Where did that come from? Whereas Tarico makes it feel stately. Yes, yeah. I mean, Tarico's he's unbelievable. He's the man. Yeah, he's he really is second best host you ever. Been he make with. he makes me nervous alone, alone. That that would I tell you. I wanted to impress him so much with my New England Tom Brady uh, segment that that's where I choked it off. I, the New England segment. I wanted to say so many things about their offense, and that's where I probably became Wiley Coyote. That's a hundred percent where you became Wiley yeah. Coyote. Uh, I was coming back from a wedding, uh, and the internet's incredible, right? I was able to watch Red Zone on my phone off of a Reddit NFL stream for the entire time. And were you in a train or no? I was in a car. You were in a car. Ian was driving. Okay, that was good. I just want to make sure. Didn't want to make you. Didn't want you to be one of those assholes. What's that? Looking at your phone as you're driving. No, I'm the one whose girlfriend's driving, and I'm in the passenger That's seat. That's okay. Being like, oh, Mixon. That's okay. Uh, some news. I don't know if you heard it before we get into recapping Patriots Chiefs because it's 100 percent where we're starting. Right. Uh, Mike Hughes torn ACL. Uh, out for the rest that's of the a, year that's a, for that, the Vikings. I, I heard that, and I was so disappointed to hear that. I really was. Was he playing up to your high expectations? Yeah, he was. He really shows flashes of he can be great. I mean, he really can. His his ability, like we've, like I kind of said, coming out in the draft, he's so quick, but his ability to go zero to sixty, he's just an extremely twitchy, explosive football player who had a big time future, and he still does. But this is going to be a setback. Did you see Kirk Cousins' speech before the game? I, I didn't really hear it all. I saw them kind of showing it's it. It's pretty good. It's just, He was pretty good in Philadelphia, too. So we know Kirk Cousins. Right. And we know that Kirk Cousins is a nerd. Yeah. And my question is, do you think Kirk Cousins, and the answer is yes, yeah. <laughs> has spent some of his offseason studying pregame speeches <laughs> and writing down little quotes and things and practicing in the mirror? I think it's 100% yes. <laughs> I think Kirk Cousins... Each Saturday night, right. practices the speech. He did a quote. Like, he was like, and in the words of Dave Baker. And it's like, what? Like, you don't need to give attribution Baker, huh? to some I, I'm joking, guy. I'm joking. But, like, you don't need to give, like, you, you don't have to give a bibliography with your speech. Right. And, and I read a paper. No, just, just say the line. But he got him fired up. He, uh, and I'm like, you know who's not doing that? Alex Smith? No, he's not. But they, you got to re- they're, they're going to respect Kirk Cousins because he's made enough plays already for them to go. Okay, this guy's a baller. So if he wants to call us up and say something, he's earned that right. And 
It's I'm, like Drew Brees. He goes in with a game plan, I'm sure. Oh. I don't think he's You don't practicing. think he practices in the mirror? I don't think so. I, I mean, would put it at 2-1 to one that Kirk Cousins practices in the mirror the exact speech it's like, before does, it. Does Fendrick like, practice what he's going to say to you know the bosses here at Bleacher Report? Yes. Like, I think, actually know that he for does? sure. He yeah, does. <laughs> You're such a dork, Fendrick. <laughs> but, that, but Kirk Cousins is in the, the Josh Fendrick realm. Yeah, I know. I mean, they're they're like brothers from another mother. Yes. Uh, Come yeah. on, Kirk Cousins is prepared about everything. He Definitely gives those speeches from here. <laughs> uh, Mike Smith fired Tampa Bay defensive coordinator. Uh, they put up a graphic about his defense almost the entire the play. The whole game. Like, I'm watching that game, and every time they tune in, because I had Tampa Bay as a left-go lock, God damn it, Mike Evans, could you not have thrown the ball any easier to Deshaun Jackson? That would have been a touchdown. <laughs> But every time Atlanta had the ball, it was about Mike Smith's defense and how it's really, really bad. Yes, I uh, we noticed that even in NBC. You guys were saying it. We too? were saying the same thing because uh, there's a few like underlings who are in charge of a few games, and one of them was like, uh, "I mean, these announcers are going in on Mike Smith. This is like the fourth graphic they showed on his defense yes. this quarter." Yeah, so yeah. when that happens, does that mean that Dirk Cutter? Because he came out and said it's a production business. Yes. Um, was he telling them, look, if Mike Smith? I mean, it's really. I don't a, think so. Okay. I don't think. I don't think that would be a thing that they would discuss in that kind of meeting. I really don't. Um, so I, I would think that that's fairly obvious. I mean, all they had to do is watch the Bears game from the 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 before the bye week. Yeah. Uh, I think that is in itself, let alone the stats we've seen that that defense led up the last two years. Yeah, it kind of he kind of speaks for himself there. All right, let's start Patriots Chiefs. Yeah. Patriots Chiefs overall. As you sit here a day later, how do right. you feel? Uh, mm. Awesome game. Awesome game. Instant classic. Amazing game. Um, I guess I look at it like this a little bit. I, I go, okay, the Chiefs probably played their worst half of football the whole year in, in the first half of that football game. Mahomes, by far, that was his worst half of football as a starter. And they lost the game by three points. So there is silver lining to all of that. Um, I'm also amazed at the approach by the Patriots. A little, a little bit I told you earlier. It's the first time I've seen the Patriots play a game where they said, "Oh, you want a shootout? Oh, we don't want a shootout. We're going to run the ball a little bit and be balanced." So even though it was forty to four, forty-three to forty, yes. and a lot of people would say that was a shootout. Yes, you would say the Patriots were act- actively trying to not make it a shootout. It was a controlled shootout. I mean, they controlled the clock thirty-six minutes to twenty-three. Of course, they ran the ball 24 times for 106 yards. Yeah, I thought that when I expected shootout, I expected, like we've seen in recent history with New England, big game, first play of the game, Tom's in the shotgun. It's spread out, empty formation all over the field. And they go, bam, 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 let's let's start a shootout. But from the first series, they they made it pretty apparent that, no, we're going to get in the eye formation and run the ball a little bit and you know try to keep their offense off the field. It's the first time ever I feel like the Patriots played that. So that just shows you, to me, the respect that Belichick has for that offense and the talent that they have. Now, usually what's funny about Belichick is he, he screws you twice. Yeah. He has a game plan for the game that's usually going to work, and then he's going to adjust in the second half. Right. His game plan worked in the beginning defensively mm-hmm. on Patrick Mahomes. 
Uh, a lot of guys did standing, it? an amoeba defense. Right, but did uh, it? Yeah, because I think that Patrick Mahomes threw a pick right down the middle that was clearly a, a goading by Dante Hightower. Yes, it was. I thought that the jamming of Travis Kelsey throughout the game eliminated Kelsey. Right. And I thought that a lot of the big plays that led to success in the second half, and I know Kareem Hunt had success, um, but I thought a lot of the big plays were a lot of creation and time that Patrick Mahomes did, and then Definitely. just just physically threw passes that I don't think the Patriots thought could even be possible. Right. But in the first half, I thought that the the Patriots' goal of bend but not break, get down to the red zone, and then com- then confuse Mahomes. Yeah. I thought that did work. Well, I mean, he obviously was not himself. First of all, I think the first thing you have to talk about playing in New England is extremely hard. It's the holy grail of football right now. Like, yeah, it's special to go up Green Bay. Trust me, for most players, it's more special than anything to go into New England and play Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. It's special. You go, damn, we got a chance to go here, primetime football. The fans, it's a way better fan base and stadium as far as crowd noise, them yelling at you uh, than it gets credit for. on you, giving you the finger. You saw that guy's banned? Good, he should be. Yeah, Yeah. they banned him. And Tyreek Hill just said he wants to prosecute. I mean, he he should have been kicked out of the stadium immediately. I don't know why. Yeah, they've identify them and they're being they're no longer they're banned from fox good they should be i mean that's ridiculous um but uh, i i guess you know yeah they did some creative things they did things i i expect them to do i mean i expect them to jam travis kelsey and all that still at the end of the day i think mahomes came out of the ga- start start of the game not on his game i mean from the first throw the ball came out of his hand funny i didn't even think it was a crisp football to start it took him a while i felt like for him to just get into the flow of the game and he missed some throws whether it was the kareem hunt or a Tyree kill across the field when they were in the red zone that oh. he hasn't missed them all year. The Kareem Hunt see so, well you did the reason that I didn't overreact and didn't think it was bad is you say after every Mahomes game he leaves a few throws on the field. Yes. And I went, okay, those were the throws. Well, no, but he usually leaves them and doesn't even throw them. Like the throws oh. he leaves you where I go, damn, he should have took a shot and thrown that ball. Gotcha. And he doesn't even but do it. But the ones he throws he usually he hits. He usually hits, right. You right. knew that there was going to be an issue during the first huddle. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know, but you know me, I sit there and watch weird things like I am because I'm weird. But yeah, when I turned the game on and I was like a good 30 minutes behind because once I got home from doing the pregame show, I had the game on pause. I got changed and comfortable, sat on the couch. But yeah, I'm sitting there watching and here comes Patrick Mahomes into the huddle, the first, and I'm going, okay, let's see what he's got. He thinks it was, you know, the big stage a few weeks ago in Denver, the Jacksonville game last week. This is a whole different ball game. I mean, I, I got to have one of my first starts ever up in New England. I know how I felt. But yes, when he was in the huddle, anybody go back and watch the first time the Chiefs came out to take the field. The overhead camera, the cable camera. Spider cam. Spider cam. Came down and it was faced right on him, of course, and the Chiefs huddle. And he looked up and made exact eye contact. And to me, that was a guy that I was going, ooh, he's a little too aware of his surroundings. He's not totally focused on the huddle, the play call, what's about to be in front of him challenge-wise. I use the phrase, too many mine, too many mine from Last Samurai, which, I mean... You, I, don't, I know you haven't seen this movie. It's one of Tom Cruise's best movies. Yeah, he converts from being a Union soldier to being to joining the samurais. So it's kind of like Dances with Wolves, but for samurai. Kind of exactly right. It's a great comparison. Great, Sound, great I've comparison. Seen it before. Yeah, it's a great movie. But he gets there and he's learning how to sword fight and do all that. And he can't win ever a big match or whatever. And one of the teachers comes over to him and he goes, "Too many mind." You mind the crowd. 
you mind your sword, you mind your opponent, mm. you know, too many mind. And I, like me and my brother say that to each other a lot. It's kind of our joke. someone's thing. thinking about too thinking many stuff. Thinking too much. And I had that too as a player at times. At times I'd walk out in the field and be like, oh, hope my mom's watching at home. And, you know, where's my cousin sitting up in the stands? Right. And then all of a sudden I'm like, damn, I'm 0 for 3. Well, you're 0 for 3 because you didn't fucking think about anything to start the game except mm. your family. And I remember sitting at home watching my dad play these kind of games. Like, you can't do that. It's yeah. hard to get yourself in that zone all the when time. When did you know that Mahomes was back in it? Yeah, it was. Uh, what's let's see. I, I'm really. I'm gonna. Say, I guess I'm gonna say I did not think he was in it until he made the little scramble to the right and threw the ball to Kareem Hunt. That was when I said, "Now he's playing." When he, he stopped thinking. When he did the run to the left crossbody right. throw yes. on like the third down to to Tyree Kill, that was incredible. He needed some emotion to get going. He needed to. He just. He was thinking too much early on. And, again, I'm just disappointed in Kansas City and not reining him in before the first half. You know, there they are. It's 24-9. to nine. They drive down the field. They're about to do what New England does to everybody. They kick the field goal and get the ball in the second half to start the half. So it goes from 24-9 to 24-19. Right. And instead, it went... 24-9 to 24-16 because he threw an interception that was stupid in the back of the end zone with Dante Hightower grabbing his jersey. He yeah. still tried to throw it. And I just would wish Andy Reid in that situation would have just gone, you know what, this kid's not on his game right now. Right. Let me protect him a little, whether it's a screen pass, whatever it may be. Speaking about Andy... I'm loving this Andy Reid that I'm seeing on the sideline, like telling people to shut up and he's going to call the play. I saw, I saw that. I know. It's you awesome. You know, like yeah. I feel like we are getting an Andy Reid right. that we've never gotten before. Yeah. It's like an Andy Reid that's like, I have a Ferrari that works. Right. Did the Patriots give a blueprint for everybody on how to defend Patrick Mahomes? No. No. Because I saw a lot of people saying yeah. the next few teams, oh. a lot of good defenses, they're going to confuse them at the line of scrimmage. What, what would Bill Belichick do? I mean, we talk about this all the time. Nobody does what New England does. Nobody, nobody. Travis Kelsey was split out by himself as a wide receiver to the right side of the offensive formation, and they had a corner covering him. But they also had Dante Hightower out there to jam him and then run in and pass rush 25 yards away from the quarterback. Like, nobody does that. That's where I, you know, you always and hear And you don't get... think people would look and go, what would Belichick do? Oh, no, they don't. I mean, I've, I've watched people, I've watched him do this to teams in years past. Are they and afraid the to plays, try and fail? They don't know how to coach at all. That's really what it is. They don't know how to make the run fits work and all the other coverage work behind it. Well, it's funny because I was thinking about what would Belichick do when I watch on that huge play, Gronk slip underneath the tackle and thus get rid of his coverage and the guy blitzes because he thinks Gronk's pulling the block and he goes out for a pass. And I went, that would have been a great way to get Kelsey open. What? WWBD. I mean, it needs to be a staple of our podcast. It what really would Belichick does. do? Yeah, it does because it's just... Again, it's so we, things like that he does all the time. So what do we take then from Belichick? He looks at the Chiefs' offense, yes. and he goes, the number one thing I want to take away is Kelsey. Not Tyree Kill. Right. Kelsey. Right. What do we learn from that? Uh, well, I think Kelsey is always the, for the most part, the go-to guy in first and ten situations. Let's get a cheap six or seven yards. Super cheap. Let's third and four or five. It's Kelsey on a slant on a linebacker. So so he took away that part of their offense. The comfort zone. The comfort zone. Exactly right. Some of the cheap yards they get to keep themselves ahead of the chains yeah. always. To keep themselves in second and four and second and three. He didn't let any of those and then he tried to keep his coverage and different looks on the back end, which I'll watch the film and we'll do the deep dive Thursday to kind of scare the Tyree kill factor. Yeah, because my question with Tyree Kill is, 
you always tell me that the Patriots are going to be sound. They're going to take away your number one option, but they're going to be sound. Yeah. And I found the way they covered Tyreek at the end very unsound. Yeah. Well, it wasn't. They were taking some risks. It wasn't. Like the Patriots all out blitz. That one time, yeah. Well, they but they did that a few times, and he didn't throw it. So yeah. they were they were they were questioning. They were calling into action right there. Andy Reid's hot game plan and Patrick Mahomes does he know where to go in those type of situations? Just testing and they gambled. They rolled the dice a few times, going, "Let's blitz. Let's not let him scramble and make a throw here on this third down. Let's just get after him and let's see." You know, we'll have our inside guys ready for what we might think they might run. Right. And let's see if he's got enough guts or wherewithal to actually take the shot down the field to a Tyreek Hill. It's funny, like, I don't find the Patriots' offense side of the ball that interesting. No. They're such a well-oiled machine that I have nothing to question. No. They dump it down to White and Edelman when they need to. They have Gronk for the big emotional plays, yep. if he can play at that level. And they isolate Josh Gordon on the side and go, if you're worried about all this... We're willing to take shots with him deep. Yeah. When the ball goes up to Josh, I'm never worried about the other guy getting it. No, I don't think you have to. I mean, he's... I'm just waiting for Josh to take a slant, bust a tackle, and go 60. Yeah, we haven't to... seen that no, yet. No, we have not. We haven't seen any of that. And I, I do, I want to see it. I got to see it to really still feel that he has that. He's been out of football so long. Yeah. Does he have that sixth gear that was so special before? The Breland Speaks play where he lets Brady run for the touchdown hurt my soul. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the world we're in right now. He wanted to tackle him. He's chicken. He's scared out. You know, just in that situation, that close to the end zone, you got to grab him and throw him down like a rag doll and live with the consequences later. Because he was going to bring him down in a good fashion. It wasn't going to be. It was going to be like a twisting, like slant on my body. Exactly right. But he he chickened out because when he felt the pump, he goes, oh, should I still bring him to the ground? Are they going to call me for a late hit? Yes. And it tells you that defenses are conscious. I've seen it every week, though. This is is not the only thing. I've seen, I could show you other plays. Mariota happened last week. Exactly right. That that one last week. He's throwing it up. He's going to throw it, and the guy hits him because, oh, I think he's going to throw it. uh, And he didn't throw it, and he ran around the edge. It was either Shaq Lawson or Jerry Hughes. I can't remember which one it was either. Yes, but it was totally that type of thing that we saw. And um, all right, first thing is Collinsworth explained. He even saw the Tyree kill thing one time too. He goes, yeah, Patrick Mahomes got to throw that. It's one on one. There's no safety in the middle. He of the field. Go, and he goes, he goes, the Patriots got to be looking at that and going, we can't let that happen right, again. But and they, then it was like the next time they went right. They to rolled it. the dice again, right? Because yeah. they, you know, they called their bluff. Like they're not going to think we're going to do that again. Yeah, that was fascinating. Um, you know. The Patriots. Mahomes is a baller. I just want to say that really quick. Oh, come on. I mean, come on. It's the worst game he played in his career, and it was 43-40 in New England, and he fucking threw for 352 yards. I mean, Brady ran over to shake his hand. Yeah. Like, sprinted. Right. Like, to the point that Collinsworth was like, Brady's running. Oh, uh," to shake Patrick Mahomes' hand. Yeah. 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 But look, also this, man. Andy Reid, in the last three games that they've played, has now put up 123 points on Belichick's defense Mm. in the regular season. Right. Think about that, 123. Yeah. But you can score too quickly. Brady apparently came out and said, when I saw Tariq Hill running, I thought, I'm glad. Good. Score quick. Because we had enough time. Right. They're just... They're so good at situational football. It's never too big for them. No, they're ever. Come on, they don't. But what was Tyreek supposed to do? No, stop on the one. There's nothing you can do. And there's this... no, no. But seriously, no. But yeah. like, like before that play, would it have been smart for Andy Reid to go on a Tyreek Hill and said, "Listen, if you go 75 yards, 
stop at 74. The Do you coach that? No, you don't coach that. Uh, you don't. You just say take the points? My correction would be this. Would be don't the game was 37-33, right? Don't. I'm going to just go to this on the playlist here just to make sure no, I got this correct. No, it was 40 to 33. Well, no, but it was 37 to 33, okay? And they were calling timeouts. Oh, that yeah. would be my issue. So they called their first timeout with three minutes and 30 seconds. Well, why the panic? What's what's the panic to call it at three minutes and 30 seconds? So they run a first and 10. off. This will be my only way I think you can maybe, if you're Andy Reid, go back to the drawing board and yeah, go, self-scout. you know, I have a different team here this year. We can go down and score in four seconds. So I don't need to give my offense the ball with two minutes and 30 seconds left. So he takes a timeout. It's first and 10. They get a one-yard run. He takes a timeout with three minutes and 30 seconds. Brady throws a ball to the short left. Timeout number two with three minutes and 25 seconds. Okay. Third down. Pass incomplete. Julian Edelman. They kick the field goal. Okay. Well, there you go. That was a chance to let clock go yeah, right I there. I know it's you. hard. I it's hard. I disagree with you. Mainly because I think... I actually felt more confident as the game went on about the Chiefs stopping the passing game than the Chiefs stopping the running game. So then why would you use the timeouts? I don't know. I felt like... If they're stopping the passing game, like you're saying, why use the timeouts? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, Chris, I th- you I might think be... It, no, I'm just saying, I don't know if I'm right. I'm saying I just understand you're... as a coach with a rookie quarterback, I want him to have the most time possible if we do have to matriculate the ball down the field. <laughs> I don't even think he thought that Tyree Kill was going to be there. I know one person that might. Fucking you. Yeah. Going on another show that I'm not going to say and saying that Tyree Kill is the best wide receiver in the NFL. You're I mean, ready to put your name on it. I am. Yes, I am. I, I don't know why. Like some, I, And I can't believe some of the backlash I got about it. I mean, either way, if you don't think he's number one, he's like no question top five in football. That's not even arguable at this point. It's no question. It's funny because I'm watching the game last night and there was a few routes where he didn't run clean or he wasn't able yeah, to get he's it not done. A perfect and I remember watching the game. It's so funny last right. night. And I go, you know, Tyreek Hill, it's, I go in my head, it is a little insulting to compare Tyreek Hill to some of these other route runners that can do uh, like double trees. Right. Like not even just one tree that yeah, have like yeah. details on the tree. Sure, sure. To compare them to Tyreek where you get in the ball and anything could happen. Right. But then again, those other guys are not able to do that. Yes. Like, I've seen Odell catch the ball and not be able to take it this year. Yeah. I know that Antonio Brown. Now, Antonio Brown did it at the end it of the Bengals game. looked good yesterday, game, yeah, sure. But, but there was nobody there in the middle of the field. Like, the other names but, I wrote down right now is Odell, yeah. Hopkins, Julio, Antonio Brown, and Thielen. Right. And it, it's very interesting to compare someone that's so uh, raw, but in their raw are m- more explosive than all of those guys. Yes. They, I mean, Tyreek... I mean, you heard my dad a few weeks ago. For me, he's in the convers he's the fastest football player I've ever seen. I mean, he's in that Deion Sanders, Bo Jackson in the dome in Seattle, running through the end zone into the tunnel. Who was the safety that he outran on that seventy five yard? Deron Harmon. Okay. From a stop restart. I there was a part where I went, Oh my God. Duran's feet are stuck to the ground. <laughs> like I thought that someone had put glue on his cleats. Right. Tyreek Hill is so fast. Yes. He makes other people look like they're in pause on my DVR. I, I it's it's unreal. I, I just hope everybody realizes what they're seeing. I I really do. This is the most explosive player, just straightaway speed that we've seen in the NFL in a while. 
And I thought Odell Beckham Jr. was that two years ago. I really did. I was like, man, Odell Beckham Jr. is. But he's certainly overtook anybody with what you can do after the catch. Um, And again, I mean, first of all, he's fourth in football in receiving yards. He's tied for first with touchdown receptions. He's averaging 16.7 yards per catch. And out of like, other than Deshaun Jackson, that leads the way out of all the other guys towards the top of the list for the most part. Mm. You know, so yeah, is he the greatest route runner I've ever seen? No, he's not. But you can't have it all. I mean, nobody has it all. I mean, like... I, I want to use like one Don't of my. I, already, I won't. Fine. I need to. You know. Keep but going. But he he is. I just think if you gave me as a quarterback right now, you said you could have one receiver in all of football. Who is it? I'd go. I'll take number ten from the Kansas City Chiefs. I really would. If we put Odell in that position, yeah. How would he do? He would be awesome, but I don't think Odell would have turned the corner and ran for a touchdown like we saw Tyree kill you, last night. Oh, really? On that 75-yarder, you don't think Odell would have beaten him to the edge and taken it? I don't know. I think he would have probably been like just pushed out of bounds or something like that. I've never seen anybody with this guy's acceleration. I really haven't. And again, to go back to one of – you can't quantify <laughs> – you can't, you can't, like, you can't justify what he does for your offense. You can't. There's nothing that can really show it because the attention, the backing off of people, the fact that they're playing the Jags last week and Jalen Ramsey's out of his back pedal when the ball's being snapped. He's going, I got to start running backwards, and the safety's flying back too. Like, that makes so much more things open mm. in your offense, and that's another huge part that I look at. It's like the Gronk factor, too, sometimes. Yeah, oh, Gronk didn't have a great night. That Gronk's not good against when corners cover him. Okay, but you took your best corner to cover him. So now there was three other matchups that you're screwed in. Mm. So that's what Tyreek Hill does to you. He, he makes the field so much easier to do everything else because yeah. of the attention that he creates. And the incredible thing about Mahomes is... Even if it's not easy, he can do things. So Chiefs are a legit Super Bowl contender. Yes. I mean, their defense thinks this is what we're going to have to deal with. But yes, they're a legit Super Bowl contender. No doubt. Uh, um, I want to say the one thing about the Patriots, too. The Patriots in that run game. I just I think like Billy Ballgame is going back to the drawing board. He's going to one-up the NFL once again. So I was having a conversation with a former Bleach Report employee, Maurice, about the Eagles. Yeah. And he was, he was saying that he's been thinking about for a long time if them taking players that are willing to protest is actually helping their success because it's they're zagging when everyone else is zigging. So everyone's like, oh, I'm afraid of this conversation. And the Eagles get the Malcolm Jenkinses and the Chris Longs. Does that give them a competitive advantage you always need to find the holes yes dallas cowboys love to take risks on players with checkered pass right because every now and then they're going to get a lyle collins as a undrafted free agent when he had the value of a first round pick yes and they're willing to roll the dice you are now saying that everyone and partially it's bill belichick who started the craze of spreading it out and small checkdowns cuz he did it why cuz he knew, he he knew the rules were going to favor that part of the game right you're thinking that bill belichick right now is looking at the nfl and going no one is willing to tackle no one's willing to hit they're all afraid and I am actually going to embrace pounding the rock and traditional football to get a competitive advantage because you're not looking to scout those players that I might be able to get them at a discount. Right. Scout those players. You have. There's only so many times you could put on full pads during the season. 
you know, so there's only you can't practice hitting and tackling like you you could in ten years ago, twelve years ago. So now the game in the phone booth is the game that's the least comfortable for football players. They all have come from these college programs where, oh, it's four wides and I'm a middle linebacker. And yeah, I make a tackle in between the tackles every now and then, but my game is really run to the sidelines and tackle the receiver on the slant route or tackle the screen game to the receiver on the outside. Is there any sense to the fact that Brett Bielema is now one of the coaching staff? I, it could be. Knowing him, knowing Billy Ball game. Just going for like, are they going to be like the Wisconsin of the NFL, I, just like five huge linemen just pounding it. That's what they're doing. I mean, they're running like Wisconsin type plays. They're running Our, guard down block, center down block, guard around pole, knock out the three technique, or knock out the linebacker. How the, is that unique to other running schemes? Well, I, I think the right now that the majority of running schemes are more zone oriented. In so football. everybody's moving one direction. Yes, for and the, then the most part, the running back tries to find a seam. Right, they're doing man to man pass blocking, man to man run blocking. They have the inside and outside zone too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but no, they feature. I feel more... like that's more James White's running game is the outside zone. Yeah, I would say so too. But this man to man is that rare in the NFL? How many teams are doing? Well, that? there's there's some teams. If I was, I mean, everybody has those plays. It's about like. Is that your go-to what you do really when you want to get a big play? Like, your Philadelphia Eagles run outside zone too much. Like, I was complaining to you on Thursday night. Stop with these outside runs or these, you know, everybody pull to the right. Like, when you guys ran it behind Brandon Books and he blocked down and then Travis Kelsey pulled around him, it was every time they did it, it was 9 yards, 8 yards, 10 yards. So, yeah, it's that part of the game that's being missed. It's hard to practice it live during the week. Defensive tackles aren't really getting the useful no. reps. And all of a sudden, a Shaq Mason or somebody blocks them down, and they go, damn, I, I haven't had to deal with this kind of assault here in a while. And I just, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I just, knowing Billy Ball game, I do think that he might be thinking this is the next wave to play this kind of football because the rules right now are meant to not be able to stop that kind of football. Look, man, they're one of the few offenses that use a fullback all the time. Yeah. And the offenses that use a fullback all the time, Patriots, Niners. Saints. The Rams, I think, have one too. They do, definitely. All the best offenses have fullbacks. Yes, they, they do. They really do. They really do. Yeah, but that would be so awesome if, if Belichick, in the midst of like everyone's talking about how there are so many 400-yard passers, and he goes, you know, we're going grounded pound. But Sony Michelle went from some guy that wasn't looking good to somebody that's looking great. Yeah. Dante Hightower looked good last night. Did very, very Was he good. different? Like, was he just in good spots, or did he actually look better? No, he might be. I think he's getting a little healthier. He was in good spots, certainly. I'm still, like, not in incredibly impressed with his athletic ability and all that, but he is, again, a huge man, and I thought that was another key to the game. They made it uncomfortable for Mahomes to get outside of the pocket. Yeah, he made a few plays, and that's what he does, and you're never going to stop him completely, but especially in the first half, there was a few times where he wanted to get out, and he couldn't, and that's where New England's amazing once again. You know, Dante Hightower jams Travis Kelsey, and then he kind of sits there, and there's a three-man rush, yeah. but he waits till Mahomes commits himself. Oh, Mahomes is about to go right. I'm going to cut him up, cut yeah. him off, and then Mahomes had to come back into the pocket, and all of a sudden it's a sack or throw the ball away. It is wild. We're sitting here talking about how great you know Kansas City was, and really, you take away that kick return, and then you take away that 75-yard touchdown. This could have been like a double-digit Patriots win. Yeah, it definitely could have been. You know, but right. the Kansas City, like that, they're They're explosive. never out of it. You mentioned the Giants-Eagles game. Yeah. Holy crap. So I, I 
clearly put my $10 mush bet on the Giants. You bet to... on Eli Manning over Carson Wentz? <laughs> I, I really did it because I, you know, I, I was afraid. And now yeah. it's the Eagles own the Giants. They, they own them. Right. They've beaten them four in a row, eight of the last nine, 17 of the last 21. It's like Steelers Bengals. Saquon Barkley ran for over 200 yards, and the Eagles beat their ass. I know. Beat their ass. And I have a coaching suggestion for how to coach Saquon. Okay. First question. When Saquon runs for 40 or 50 yards, do you believe that he needs a break as a 21-year-old? It depends what he did before those plays. That is a little dependent, yes. Um, If he's like, it's the first play of the drive and he ran for 51 yards, no, I would hope that he is back in again the very next play. Unless he did like a 51-yard run where he he zigzagged nine times and all that, right? Here's my my advice for Pat Shermer on how to coach Saquon Barkley when your quarterback is Eli Manning. If Saquon Barkley runs for a 40 to 50 yard gain and you're now in the green zone or the red zone, take a timeout. Why? Because those two snaps with Wayne Gallman are drive enders. Yeah. They can focus all of their attention on Odell. Eli's not good enough to make a play, and your number one weapon is off the field. But, Adam, we might need those timeouts for the end of the half or the end of the game. Here's the facts. Yep. Who's organizing a two-minute drive? Eli? No. No. You're not, not going to be able to drive down the field with 17 timeouts. It's not going to matter. Your entire offense is reliant on Saquon at this moment. So if he runs for 40 or 50 yards, timeout, let him get healthy, and you need to get a touchdown on that drive. There needs to be a threat because the true thing is, is if they scored on that one drive and they scored on the other drives, 14 points right there, yeah. it's a ball game. Yeah. But if you're going to try and keep the drive going with Wayne Gallman, I know. it's not going to happen. That's my advice to coaching Saquon. It's so much of a risk that it's better to use the timeout and get him back on the field than go, but we might need these when we're on our own 20 with a minute and 50. Listen. If you have the ball in your own 20 with a minute and 50, I'm kneeling. I'm bortlesing in the AFC championship game because it's not worth the risk. That's how bad Eli is right now. It's pretty bad. It's beyond bad. Yeah. It's it's very bad. It really is. I, I pitched I today a segment to for a show called Hmm, where instead of self-scouting, we admit we we, we take credit for when we're right. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, we've been right about Eli now for three years. And I felt like Thursday was like the, the aha opener, moment. Finally. Did I, you I do, feel that? I do. I feel like it was the first time Friday in the airport when I was going to South Bend. I Even Saturday in South Bend, people bringing up football. Like I felt it was the first time where they were like, man, it's over for Eli, huh? And I was like, yes, it's been over. You know, you know That's what I said. Yeah. Everybody. It's been over. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I do. I feel like it was an eye-opening moment for Giant fans. It's really funny how much attention we put on isolated NFL games. Yeah. That if this would have happened on a Sunday against the Eagles, not that big of a deal. Right. But because it was the only game on TV and everybody's watching it and their ADD and their IG and their Twitter and all that stuff wasn't in full force. Right. And they had to sit there and watch Eli. And watch him throw two yards passes. And watch him not be able to throw it deep. And make bad decisions. And look helpless at the faintest sign of a pass rush. It hit. Yeah. 
And maybe that's what it took, a national... But luckily, they've invested in replacing him. With the backup quarterback, Alex Tanney, and the future waiting in the wings and Kyle Lalletta, they're fine. I mean, I, I think... They have the worst backup quarterback situation in the league. I think it's That's deliberate. the thing that no one's talking... What? I think it's deliberate. I you think-, think that the Giants deliberately have bad backups for what reason? For Eli Manning. Because they weren't going to let... For this reason right now. Like, if they lose next week and everybody wants to go bench Eli, no, the Giants... I think the Giants brass would just said, let's get Davis Webb out of here. Let's get any threat out of here. This is going to be Eli's year no matter what. And I so think they made their mind. So you think they traded Davis Webb because there was so much attention on him this offseason right. that if in week six or week seven, the fans at this point would say, yes. let's see what Davis Webb has. I do. I think that... Yes, it's a very real possibility. I do. I think just reading my tea leaves, yeah, I would bet that's what they did. Knowing football. And no one's going to call for Alex Tanny. No, exactly right. No one's going to call for him or Loletta. Well, Loletta doesn't even dress. He does not dress. Exactly right. Which is crazy. It's crazy that Alex Tanny is the backup. I don't know what else to say. I mean, mean, that's a whole other – I don't know how he's made around the league this It's insane. It's absolutely insane. But, uh, yeah, I do think that's part of the reason that Davis Webb's not there. What about trading? I mentioned on Twitter, and a lot yeah. of people liked it, trading for Jacoby Brissett. Mm. But again, apparently the Colts turned down a first-round pick from the Seahawks. Yeah, yeah they're not going to do that quite yet. No? no? Even with luck looking maybe, pretty good? Yeah, maybe. What about a tie rod? That's where I think like that could happen. I think your thought's correct. I think that could happen in the offseason, where then the Colts have a go, you know what, we can, all right, we can get a backup in the draft or through free agency. Maybe we'll get Tyrod to be our backup. And if the Giants are willing to give us a second for Jacoby Brissett... Do you like Jacoby Brissett? I do. I, I really think do. he's a solid quarterback. I, I mean, he's better than a lot of starters. Now, I know there's a lot of analytics people that talk about he's like one of the slowest like snap-to-release guys. Right. Uh, and in a, in a backfield like the Giants where he will face pressure, it's not right. the best. Right. But um, What's Andrew Luck's snap-to-release this year? I mean, he's taken forever. Yeah, that's what I mean. Parts, it's part of the Colts. It's not necessarily the quarterback. It's not great weapons and, you know... It's uh, not a great run game, so the quarterback feels the pressure to make something happen in the pass game. But, yeah, I mean, I do like Jacoby Brissett, and I do think that's a solid idea when the season's over. That could be your holdover guy for a year or two until you figure out whatever your draft position, if you want to draft a quarterback, whatever that may be. The other thing that got a lot of attention was Odell Beckham's sideline energy on yeah, Thursday. Right. Headbutting the uh, the, the fan. fan right. Uh, it's weird. I don't want people to think it's a fan of the game. It's a fan that produces air. Yes. Um, and he's yelling and all that stuff. And then he walked off at halftime to get an IV, and people were like, oh, he's walking off on the team. And after the game, he was super pissed. The freakiest athletes have to get IVs at halftime. This is like just like LeBron had to get an IV in San Antonio when it was 110 in that building. The freakiest athletes all get IVs at halftime. When you see, Why? When you see tape, because they don't have enough body fat on their body because they're so freaky mm. that they cramp up after about the 40th sprint in a row. Like Odell Beckham Jr. has to have a re- like he does as a Why receiver. Why does not having fat lead you to get cramps? Because your body basically has no body fat to burn at this point. So then the muscles start to get dehydrated and cramped. There's nothing there for them. It's it's truly the freakiest guys I ever played with. They were always the ones that had to go in early and mm. get an IV. When you see a guy with tape right below their elbow, just white tape or black tape, it tells that shows you they got an IV at halftime. Mm. What is did you, did any of that come back to you? Did anyone mention anything about Odell's quote unquote antics? No, I mean I I heard you know what everybody was saying. Uh, you know again, 
It, or there's too much attention on Odell. Stop putting the camera on him. He's yelling on the sidelines. Sidelines. There was, I bet you, like 30 other people who yelled on the sidelines during that game or were like, oh, I need to play better or whatever. But the camera doesn't leave him because of the reputation he's built. So he's put himself in that. But I, as a guy, don't look at it and go, oh, man, this guy's he's, he's off the handle. He's lost his mind. I, I don't look at it the way. I know what he is. I've been with those type of players. Like I've had this conversation you know, with Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall's been on here to tell you. Uh, I was always the... Brandon Marshall, his right, his right pulmonary vein was about to pop out of his neck after the second series, and he hadn't gotten the ball. And I always had to go over to him and be like, chill out, chill out, big guy. It's coming. Don't worry. It's only been six plays so far. Hold on. But that's what makes those guys special, uh, and they're very emotional. What's uh, how I came away with it? Because I went online, and I, I'm just constantly amazed at people's reactions to Odell. If you have a problem with Odell's sideline energy, you are the problem. If you don't like his sideline energy, you're never allowed to root for LeBron. You're never allowed to root for Kobe. You're never allowed to root for Jordan. You're afraid of passion. What about Tom Brady? You're not allowed to root for him. Yeah. You are devoid of emotion. Right. You carry around hand sanitizer and love to wait in lines. Mm, I do like hand sanitizer. Well, you're half the way there. (laughs) You're the problem with the Giants. You're the reason they can't move on from Eli. Because you are intimidated by a player caring so much that he's going to yell. Yeah. If he would have went and scored a touchdown right after that, they'd be giving the fan a parade. Yeah, right. But instead, because it's failing, it's another thing that we can point on. Brian Dawkins would turn into a literal character and would claw and run around and would yell at the highest of his volume. And he's in the Hall of Fame because he brought a passion to the game. Offensive guys are not allowed to yell. Defensive guys can yell and can scream. But Odell, it's seen as diva. Dez, it's seen as diva. Why can't they care? Why can't these guys yell and try to get a rise out of somebody? I, I don't because know. it's a lot better than this. I hear you, man. I mean, Eli's catching flies. Like, can I get Eli on the bench with a coach looking over the film? Can you get Eli on the bench yelling at guys on the offense what, like, like Tom Brady does? No, or? instead it's Eli sitting there just kind of looking off in the distance. Yeah, I know. So here's the deal, man. Yeah. Odell is trying to lead right now. Odell is trying to get an emotion out of people. And, and I'm not going to sit here and let people bash him for being the only real leader on this team right now. Yeah, I heard that. Because I'm not seeing it from Eli. No. I'm seeing zero leadership. No, the leadership, it truly does look like it's Odell and Saquon Barkley, really, for the most part. I mean, that's that's the funny thing about it. And, you know, again, I'll go back to the fact that you don't hear any of the players complaining about Odell Beckham Jr. Never. Never. And trust me, if it was that bad, it's crusty we, reporters. Would have, we would have already heard that players in the locker room are quietly complaining. They don't because they know he's not over there yelling at anybody specific. It's about winning. It's about playing better. He wants himself to play better. But that's uh, it's kind of the bed he's built for himself to degree. Hey, here's, here's, I just want to say one, yeah. one more thing before you finish it yeah. off. <sighs> Odell told everybody the facts and people freaked out and said that he was selfish and it wasn't the right way to do it. Right. 
what we're realizing is people have an issue with the facts and people don't like to be wrong. One of the greatest investment firms, it's the top investment firm in the world. It's called Bridgewater Investments. It's turnover year to year brings in more money than Google, Amazon, and like Netflix combined. And the number one rule they have at their company is you need to argue with people Mm. in a productive way. Right. That if you were to come to the idea meeting and you brought a pitch, if I don't break down what's wrong with your pitch, I'm the one that could get fired. Because it's it's built into the DNA of the company that if you disagree with something, you bring it up. Right. If they find out that you disagree with something and didn't say anything, you could be fired. Right. That the only way they're going to get better is if they question everything. Right. All I hear about from NFL locker rooms is accountability. But really what I'm learning about it is when they say accountability, when you mess up, take the blame. When you're a player. That's what it sounds like. It is. Oh, you blew that tackle? Be accountable. Stand up in front of the rest of your team and say you missed the tackle. Right. But when a coach makes a mistake, God forbid. When a quarterback makes a mistake and he's a future Hall of Famer, God forbid. Right. But the only people that are supposed to be accountable are the guys that are not the quarterback and the coach. Pretty much. Now, I will say that I listened to Sean McVay, who beats Denver in Denver and he comes out there and says quote yeah, I him. put us up in some horrible spots throughout the game by really getting impatient the cold didn't mess with the team but it may have affected my brain we have a coach that's willing to say that my brain is messed up and the Giants can't admit that Eli sucks I know that's get that, over yourselves yeah that was get a over yourselves McVay. that that's why that's why that team will run through a wall for Sean McVay run through a wall right because they're gonna they're gonna also go yeah he's he's right we should have we were we did throw it a few times man it's great to hear him say that it's, it's great to hear that he's realized that and self-scattered himself I'm just seeing what's happening with Des, and I'm seeing what's happening with Odell and I do not believe there is any position in sports that is more separated from the fans than the quote diva wide receiver wide receivers especially those with personality are the furthest from the fans fans love unshaved underpaid offensive guards they want to have beers with them they want to hang out because they're not that far but an african-american loud-spoken having tattoos wide receiver that's being paid 90x their salary they hate them yeah they are they're scared of them they think that they're divas they should be happy with their money they should shut up the reason they are that great is they are who they are and i think that there is nothing that magnifies the issues in our country than odell beckham jr and people think that i hype on it it's because the fans have an issue odell's not doing anything wrong He's the only guy that's going, hey, I will take the full brunt of being the one that calls out Eli. I will do it. I will sacrifice my mentions. I will sacrifice all of my well-being, my sanity, because this is what's right. right. And they're getting mad at him. And really what it's showing me is fans got an issue with outspoken black athletes. It's the truth. Shut up and dribble. Shut up and dribble. That's what I'm learning. That's why I get so angry is I learn from watching how people treat Odell. I don't get treated like this. I'm a white, loud mouth media guy that is allowed to go back home and not deal with anything. No one writes, oh, shut up and just, you know, be what it's disrespectful. I know there's a huge element in this. It's the most blatant dichotomy I've ever seen. I, I agree. I, I really do. And I think there's. 
you know, yeah, there, listen, there's, it's hard for me to argue that. I don't argue any of that. I mean, I, I think you're totally right. I mean, it, we could go back to the Brady thing, how Brady yells at times, or especially used to back then, in his yeah, day. People say, oh, but Brady's won championships. Yeah, I know. What do you think? Eli, do you think Odell doesn't want to? I know. It, it, you it think he's not interested? Do you think he's interested in his stats? I know. No, then, he's interested in winning the games. I know. You know, Brady could scramble for a first down and point first down and do it real animated. And if Cam Newton does the same thing, everybody goes, shut up and get back in the huddle. It's, it's, I notice it all the time, man. I mean, I, I really do. No matter what room I'm in. And here's, and here's the last fact. Yeah. If you think that I'm trying to, like, race bait or you think that I'm trying to do this to, like, create, like, whatever, I do not care what you think. The only people I give a shit about are the guy across from me, Josh, and the people that listen to our show. Yeah. And they're the people that are sane. Everybody else... Like, is trying to make media. Everybody else is trying to make videos. No, we just talk the truth, and they happen to go out. Yeah. I'm not trying to do anything. No, I know. I know. And I'm just trying to be an advocate for people like this that are fucking human. I get you. Yeah. Right. I don't know why. I wasn't planning on doing that. No, but I think you're right. And and I love that Tom Brady does it too. Just I so love that he does it too. I would, that's the way I would be if I yes. was a quarterback. I would be like Tom Brady. I mean, that's the way I was. I'd be animated and want to piss the defense off a little, and you know, be that animated. But yes, you're right. It's a different rule for certain players, and, and it's not fair. And look at yourself. Like, think about oh, he should just sit there and take it. Okay, then at your job, yeah. when something happens to you and you really disagree with it, and you sit there and take it. You're going to go home and be like, I'm such a wimp. Yeah. I'm such a loser. I'm a lemming. I go about, I'm not saying you are. I'm saying like, if you don't, people that go through life and allow things to happen to them and don't take heed and don't take action, then you can't criticize others. Right. Because if you're going to take to your Twitter fingers and you're going to put it out there, like it's really upsetting to you, do it in your own life. Right. Or just please put your picture to it. That's what I'm sick about Twitter. Show me your face. <laughs> Show me your face. The problem with the problem with football is to a lot of people there isn't nuance and it's like one team won and one team lost and nothing matters. Yeah. It's not like basketball where we like think about the game and the situation. Yes. Well, it's a different sport. I know. There's just so much more yeah. that goes into football. I, that felt very cathartic for Good. both of us. Good. All right, let's get to some of your game film. Sure. Cowboys offense, Jags defense. Yeah. How the hell did the Cowboys' anemic offense that could barely score 13 points against the Texans put up 40 on the Jaguars' defense? What's right. your thesis statement? How do they do it? My thesis... 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 I really can't think. Thesis. There you go. There we go. <laughs> Trust me. I'm smart. <laughs> Listen to what I say. Okay. I'll, I'll start out with this, and then I'll go to my thesis. Okay? The first thing I'll say is just in the first few snaps... I said, I wrote, first thing that jumps out, as you could tell right away, the Jags D-line was not going to be able to dictate this game like usual. And whether it was the run game or the pass game, I could tell right away when I turned on the film, and I felt like this when I was watching TV, but of course there's four other games going on, or three other games, I was trying to pay attention to them all. And I, I kept, as I, as I would look over there, I would just go, ooh, doesn't look like Jacksonville is making any plays in the backfield. Doesn't look like Dak Prescott's under any pressure. Um, my big thing would be this. The defense played bad, certainly. The Cowboys did what we saw. I really think this is a little bit the Shanahan formula from last year. A little what we saw Kansas City do last okay. week. They started the game going horizontal. Horizontal. Outside run. Speed sweep to Gallup. Bootleg by Dak Prescott. 
quarterback design run off the read option. And they spread Jacksonville's So they had them going this way at first. And then slowly but surely, it was Zeke downhill with a pulling guard. And but even before that, because I don't think Zeke really started going until the third or fourth quarter. He really did not go. It to was the a lot quarter. of Cole Beasley underneath, an occasional gallop shot deep, no doubt, and some great design runs for Dak Prescott. I mean, that that that's the difference oh, in their Dak game plan. Would, that, I mean, Dak had almost hundred yards rushing. Yes, he he really did. And I think the big thing. That, so this is the new thing people are doing to beat Jacksonville is spread them out early to like open up lanes. It's kind of like passing against a zone defense in basketball. Right, open up, you lanes. swing it around to create space. Exactly right opening up lanes and then the other thing it does it takes away their aggression because it takes away their aggression of flying up the field because they're right. going damn we've gone this way sideway to well, side that's way. what happened on the 40 yard zeke run exactly they crashed up field and they took advantage of exactly them. right so um okay the other thing about the jaguars defense didn't just fall apart right away okay we have to take there has to be some accountability well, they were good the accountability has to go to the offense a little bit i mean here's the jags first you, half this is why i love you the Jags offense first half was three and out, three and out, six and out, three and out. Oh, hey, Jags, it's only the best offensive line of football. Just stay on there the whole half and stop them. It's it's okay. I mean, I know they're the Jags and we expect them to do yeah. that, but this was a tough matchup for and them. And then the second half, Bortles had a pick and then there was a fumble. Exactly right. And like the first or second play of those drives. Right. So you think it was a little bit of Jacksonville being on the field too much. Uh, without a doubt. They got worn down. They were hanging in there. I mean, they let up a field goal. Okay. The 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 Jaguars didn't do anything with their first drive. They were backed up, and they had to punt the ball. The, the second drive, this touchdown for the Dallas Cowboys to make it 10 nothing was a 7-play, 48-yard drive. Mm. So that tells you that... Okay, they got it in great field position. The very next drive, that was their first legit drive where they made some really nice throws. Prescott Holy made shit. some great. Do you know what the time of possession was? Did you look it up? Was it like what thirty six to twenty three? Thirty nine to twenty one. There you go. I mean, that's probably the biggest time of possession difference. So I, wow, uh, that's ridiculous. But you know, I think as I went through the game more and more, yeah, the Jaguars had ten first downs. There you go. So. Yeah, I don't care what defense you are. You got to stay on the field that long, that many times in a row, and you're only getting a three-play break in between being out there that long already. Yeah. It, it's Bortles, hard. 149 passing yards, one touchdown, one interception. Yes, the touchdown was the the, the deep the pass, deep cross, which was the cold. very next play, was the same exact play in the opposite D. direction, D. and he threw an interception. It was the same play, same formation, same exact play. They said, let's do it again, and they ran it to the other side of the field. And so when play. Rex Ryan goes on TV this morning and says that the Jaguars' defense is so overrated it's not even funny, yeah, is he not knowing what he's talking about, or is he right? No, uh it's hard for me to say it's not overrated at this point. The biggest thing with the Jags right now is their D-line is not as good as last year. It just does not create the havoc it did last year. Are they missing anybody? Nope, they're not. But Calais Campbell has been dealing with some injuries. He's not just wrecking shop like yep, he did. and he walked off in this uh, game Malik too. Jackson hasn't been nearly as disruptive. What about Marcel Darius? I mean, he's good, yes. But nothing. nobody is just absolutely popping on their, def- on their defensive line. And Yannick Ngakwe? Not just here and there. Definitely not. And, wow. and again, every team in football has their kryptonite. And Dallas is built a lot like Jacksonville, with a, but, a, but a better offensive line. And Jacksonville's front four cannot get to Dak Prescott. But, you know, one of the things, I, I'll just go through it real quick. I mean, 
Uh, let's see. Drive. No? What do you want me to do? No, it's so oh. funny you do this. You know what you're going to say. Yeah. Well, I don't want to lose some of the con. Like, sometimes I go get back when done with these I- these things, and, and I look through like, my notes, oh, and yeah. I go, wait, I missed, like, three points that I really wanted to say, and it pisses okay. me off. Okay. Take so, I guess I wanted to say. There's you know, no rush. Jag, Jags front four, not creating any pressure. Uh Caught them in the blitz for a few good runs in the first half. Connor Williams played very well. Okay. But nobody got dominated on on the Dallas O-line. And that's really what Jacksonville relies on. Their yes. ability to create just a mosh pit inside. Yeah. Um, I think that... Jack, keep going. Go ahead. I was going to say that looking at Jacksonville's season as a whole. Yes. It's really funny that I need to remind... And this is a little bit of Giants commentary, too. When we sit down before the year right. and we do our season-long predictions, right. it's as though we forget in week five what we thought. We thought Jacksonville would be in the 500s. Right. We thought that they'd be battling for a playoff spot because they won so many close games last year right. that it likely wouldn't continue. Exactly. We said before the year that no team has been a top 10 defense right. and then the next year also been a top 10 defense. Right. It's never happened. Right. The Giants, we predicted them to start off 1-6. and six. And now we're shocked that they're one in six. It's just funny that like uh, they could have beaten that. Team. You get all the credit for that because I was high on the Giants, and then you said, "Have you looked at their schedule?" And that's what changed my opinion. Yeah, there. They, they were like, and we said they could start off zero and seven. Yeah, we got so scared. like I don't know why we're shocked right now. Right. But Jacksonville, this is kind of who we thought they were going to be. Yeah, and we both picked the Cowboys to win the division. We did. So it's not like that was a shocker. No, it, you're right. It was not. And and I think you know, thank you for talking just, sense. You, I know. You just gotta like look at it. I know. I feel like every now and then, the moment. Yeah, sometimes. we should like look at our season long stuff. Uh, um, like, like my Houston pick doesn't look that bad. No, they're still in the thick of things. Still in the thick of things. My Saints Steelers Super Bowl still great. alive. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's hilarious. Um, to Rex Ryan's point, yes, I think the biggest thing is Jacksonville. It's it's even over for Jacksonville. It's got to change. Cover three. It's got to change. They got beat by all the beaters yesterday. I mean, whether it was. Cole Beasley's touchdown across the middle. And that's really stressing out the corner and then going back. And it gets them because they play this cover three where they put a deep cross, go through the field, like with the tight end. And it takes their middle linebacker out. And now there's another number two guy following the crosser. They're overloading the zone. And they're overloading the zone. And it's just all those plays on a weekly basis. They're so ingrained in it. I mean, if Jacksonville just played man to man. Yeah. Jacksonville, that's, uh, I wrote it right here. I said, Never seen Jags front four get stonewalled like this. Second week in a row. And I wrote Jags man-to-man blitz going forward. I do think they're going to have to change what they want to do a little bit defensively. They have the talent. They, they, they have to. And they, it's really good about the coaches. Can they? Do they have enough in their inventory to go, we're going to change a little bit of what we do on the defensive side of the ball? Again, 2018, for you to line up in the same defense almost on an every-play basis – and quarterback can come to the line of scrimmage and go, oh, this is what they're in. What do I have to do here? My reads, just to be able to think like that, is just it's too easy on the quarterback. Yeah. I don't care how good your de- your defense has to be so amazing to overcome that. So how do you feel about Dallas going forward, and how do you feel about Jacksonville going forward? Um, if I, I mean, Dallas's D is real. I mean, 
There's no doubt about that. That's what scares me about him. It is. And those corners, and Shadobi Owuze didn't even play I was yesterday. happy Romo gave a lot of credit to Byron Jones, saying he's playing almost as any good as well as any corner in the league. You said that three weeks ago. Yes, he is. But this is also the first time where the Cowboys lose Sean Lee and their defense doesn't fall off a cliff. No. Van Der Esch is very good in the pass game. I'm still going to question. And Jalen Smith is rocking He's people. running all around the field. It's he really awesome. is. I know. I just I hope he can one day get back to where he was, but it's certainly going this way, yeah. though. It's it's. It really is. Um, and Jeff Heath is kind of a baller. He's made a big play. I mean, he is. he's a good player. He's a good player. He's a good player. When he messes up, I'm going to make fun of him. But <laughs> other than that, yes, he is. No, he's a, he's a solid starting safety. And then Jacksonville safety. moving forward. Are they um, still a Super Bowl contender in your mind? No, not right now. No way. No way. I will say this. The biggest thing that's missing with their football team, and we're all not talking about Leonard it enough. Fournette? Yeah, exactly. I mean... You know, Believe me, I talk about him almost every day. From good. Fantasy because the, they're, they're, we're forgetting the value of what he has. He is the one that saves Nate Hackett and Blake Bortles from having to throw on second and ten. Because even when there's no hole with Leonard Fournette, it's second and six or second and seven. Yeah. And that's a big deal. But that one stat became super popular about how the Jags offense was actually scoring more points with Leonard Fournette on the bench. And people thought, oh, he's not that important. Yeah, that's so stupid. They just got lucky and got to play in some matchups that were favorable to their pass game. Anything else before we move on? No. um, Just thought that the Cowboys... You know, we're as creative as ever on offensive side of the ball. If they can be that creative with some of the Dak Prescott run games and boots like that and then just stay patient with that run, I think they have something. I really do. Because the O-line is rounding into form. They look healthy, and, yeah, they can pass protect. Dallas-Washington this Sunday is going to be very, very interesting. It will be. Because Washington came to play, um, and I have to look back and see who's leading in that matchup. I'm going to do that while you start this one. Yeah. other one that was crazy – Dolphins offense, Bears defense, putting up, what, 33 on the Bears? Right. Now, the thing is, is this one makes a little bit more sense. Albert Wilson had two insane plays. Back-to-back. Back-to-back, like breaking seven tackles. My first question, was I right? Was my theory about the Bears having a bye week and then being in humid Chicago, did it look like it was an issue? I do think so, without a doubt, especially in the fourth quarter. I, they, they, they wore out, certainly, and I think that's part of the reason you saw some of the missed tackles and things like that, uh, for sure. Um, I think the first thing I would say about this game is Chicago was the better team on the football field. I have no question about that after watching back the film. Well, I, I figure really that don't. as soon as Brock Osweiler took on. Yes, but even if it was not Brock Osweiler, they were the better team on the field. I mean, they had a 21-10 lead at one point. And again, you know, I don't want people to blame Mitchell Trubisky on this one. Um, crazy game. So exciting. I mean, I don't even know where to begin with this game. This is the best thing the Dolphins did. The Dolphins did more offensively in this game than they have the whole year. Formations, little creative ideas. And the biggest thing I thought they did, especially in the first three quarters, is they did not let Khalil Mack ruin the football game. How'd they do that? Whenever there was a passing situation, he was double teamed. They were not going to let Khalil Mack come off the edge and sack fumble, give their offense a short field. I mean, Akeem Hicks had the huge force fumble on Kenyon Drake at the end. Right, right. That's the thing about the Bears. They have depth. They do have depth. But they went out and said, screw Cleo Mack. They weren't going to let that happen. Any big passing play, especially in the first three quarters, it was tight end on the outside shoulder, offensive tackle stay on the inside, and we are going to double team him. I just, the the crazy thing is, is you talked during the Dolphins Bengals game last week about how the Bengals D line owned the Dolphins O line. I know. And how did they stop the Bears? I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) They did. I mean, they did a good enough job. They didn't really do anything offensively in the first half 
Okay, they had the nice first drive in the first first quarter there to get seven to go up seven nothing. Yep. Then from there, it was really tough sledding. It was all bears. It was all bears. It was them basic barely manipulating drives to get into field goal position. Um, you know. They got bailed out with a bad shot to the head on Osweiler from Leonard Floyd one time that jump-started the drive and kind of got them back out of their back 20 and got them up to the 35, and they ended up getting a field goal there. Kicked a 50-yard field goal. Um, but I, I really – Albert Wilson and the plays he made, they were special. I mean, they were defended correctly. You know, it's one the the seventy five yarder, the last one. The ball was over the middle. I mean, just guys miss tackles. I mean, I don't know what else to say. That's how Miami's won this year. It is big plays from Albert Wilson. Ooh. Kenny Stills was the big guy in Week One. Right. Jakeem Grant has had a few games where I feel like he's won himself. He has. They exist on scoring touchdowns fifty yards or more. These jitterbugs are unbelievable. Yeah, they really are. Um, I think if I had to break down anything else, let me just think about what else I would say with this game. You know, at the end of the game where, like, Frank Gore wasn't rushing well the whole game. He really had, like, two runs. But I do think, yeah, towards the end, like you're saying, off a of bye week in that hot weather, they got worn down. They creased him a few times in the run game. They were smart on how they ran at the Bears, too. They didn't run at Eddie Goldman and Akeem Hicks. They kept it all kind of on the edge between the tackle and the tight end. That's how smart. I would run against the Rams. That's how right. I would run against the Ravens. Yep. Like, when, when a team... Like it's shins, it's the art of war. If a team has a strength, you don't go at their strength if you're not as strong as them. Right. You go away. Right. So when you're playing teams that have monstrous D lines, let's see Danny Trevathan beat me to the edge. Yes. Like let's see if if Leonard Floyd is ready to tackle uh, Kenyon Drake on the edge. Right. You have to. Uh, Brock Osweiler was he better or worse than you thought he would be? Well. Well, it wasn't film. as good as the stats show. Okay. It wasn't that yeah, he good. He was like in the 350s or something. Right, right. And I mean, he got, you know, 150 off those two plays, uh, right? That's good so, right. It's 150 off those two plays. But he did make a few big throws just to at least continue some drives that we'll forget about that were important on the field goal drive or, you know, even to set up the uh, the first screen pass to Albert Wilson. He made a, few, a good third down throw over the middle on that drive. But he did he did a good job. He didn't take any stupid sacks. His interceptions were kind of bad. I mean, he threw the one to Kendall Fuller that was stupid. Yeah. The other one was down the sidelines before the half, which he was taking a shot. Our guy Tariq Cohen, <laughs> the mensch. The mensch was everywhere. Everywhere. This game was did have a crazy. fumble. But yes. he did but he did have like two monstrous plays. Monstrous plays. The mensch. Oy vey. The the drive Kenyon Drake fumbles going into score at yes. the one yard line. Yes, that was a third down scramble to the right by Brock Osweiler. Throws it to a linebacker on the Bears. Hits his arm, bounces up in the air, completion for a twenty yard gain. <laughs> that just should show you what kind of the game crazy game Great was. Great bet. Let by alone me. it was totally holding by Khalil on Khalil Mack when he escaped the pocket. But there's so many crazy things. Whether it's that fumble, but people are forgetting Jordan Howard fumbled on the one yard line yes, going into score. People are forgetting that they called a stupid pick play penalty on the Bears. That, that wasn't even a pick. It was definitely not a pick. They ran like what we would call Z spot. The guy gets in the end zone, he turns around, and there was a guy in the flat, and the guy covering the guy in the flat was the inside linebacker, and he ran into the guy. When I look at the bets. Through an interception the next play. That game made so much sense to me that yeah. it was going to be Miami, like the universe, Dallas. Right. Like, Remember when we looked at the Washington line? Yeah. And we both were like, the line is so weird in this that Washington has to win this game right. because this line's weird. Right. The way the universe bounces back and forth, I always have to remind myself that most of these teams are going to finish around 8-8. Eight and eight. 
most of them are going to win one and then lose one. Yeah. But Miami going out there and getting that win, huge for them. I look at Adam Gase the same way I look at Sean McDermott. Man, who the hell are they winning these games with? Yeah, Brock Osweiler and, and Sean McDermott's fighting tooth and nail with Nathan Peterman. It's amazing. Holy crap. It's amazing. How are they even in these games? It's, I mean, let alone in the game. They had a punt blocked Buffalo yes. that gave a score to the Texans. And then they had a fumble return where they fumbled it inside their own 20. They were going to return the punt, and they fumbled oh, yeah. that. That gave the Houston their first 10 points. And then the pick six. Right. So at this point, you. At this point with Sean McDermott, if he's facing a team whose offense is a little bit too simple, yes. I'm probably going to take the Bills and the points. I think you need to. Because he's been that good the last two years right. scheming coaches away. Yes. Pretty impressive. It's very impressive. Um, Anything else you want to get before? I just was going to say, like, I do think the Bears and Miami, if they played ten times, the Bears would win nine. <laughs> I really do. I do feel that way. I picked the right one. So that's that's right. You picked the right one. All right. So a few bit of numbers before we do Washington, Carolina, yep. and then we're going to wrap up. Okay. A uh, few numbers for you. Um, Twenty-five. That is the age of Mike Evans, as he is now the all-time leading receiver for the Bucks. Damn. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. That tells you that they've had some sorry-ass quarterbacks. 45 points ahead of – 45 yards ahead of Mark Carrier. Vincent Jackson is about 700 yards behind. And Joey Galloway is about 1,100 yards behind. Jeez. It's crazy. Mike Evans is their all-time leading receiver. Hey, Mike Evans is special. We forget about Mike Evans. He's – to be that big and to be able to run the way he is. Speaking of big yeah. and run the way he is, yeah. the guy that he faced, Julio Jones. Mm. 707 receiving yards this season. Yeah. Most for a player without a receiving TD in his team's first six games. Right. How is it just not happening? A lot of attention, and they still don't have a red zone offense. Mm. I, don't, I don't know what it is. They just call plays down there. And but they're still scoring like 40 points a game, so I'm really, I can't get upset. No, you can't, you can't hate on them. Definitely not. Uh, and then this one is for Washington, since this is where we're going. Right. In Washington's last two games, they're one and one. In their last four games, they're two and two. In their last six games, they're three and three. In their last ten games, they're five and five. <laughs> In their last twelve games, they're six and six. In their last fourteen, seven and seven. In their last twenty, ten and ten. Damn. In their last thirty-three, sixteen, sixteen and one. And in their last thirty-seven, eighteen, eighteen and one. Jeez. Jay Gruden, that's an average football team. This is according to Dan Steinberg, DC Sports Blog. That's interesting stat though. Kind of just tells you that they can't string together good moments on a weekly basis. No. Yeah. It, it, it says to me that. And it also, look, everyone's always around average. That's where most teams are. Yeah. You got to be Vance Joseph special to be 216 and one against the spread. Like Washington, it, it shows me two things. It says that they don't handle success well, right. but they're really good at bouncing back. Yeah. Right. You know, like yes. we just saw. Yes. Getting blown out by the Saints, facing a Carolina team after a bye, starting off 17 nothing. But I think the first thing you'd say is it's kind of because of a rookie wide receiver for Carolina. Well, it certainly hampered Carolina. I, I mean, again, I think I'll just start it right there. Just like I said, the Bears-Dolphins game, I think if Carolina and the Redskins played 10 times, I, I would say that the Carolina Panthers win that matchup eight, nine times out of 10. I really do. They, again, I take... Credit to the Washington Redskins for winning the football game. They did some good things. I'm just saying from watching the film back and then watching what I saw on TV, 
yeah, I, I, I confidently feel like the Carolina Panthers were the better football team on the Again, field. Again, just do. like the Bears. Just like the Bears. But when you start the game off, seventeen nothing, you get a three and out, your defense gets a three and out, and they punt the ball, and DJ Moore fumbles inside his own 20, and then they do a one-play sluggo seam. It's 7 nothing. Then they put together a decent little drive for their second drive. Then it's the third drive. Okay, Carolina's now driving down the field. He throws to a DJ Moore open. Bam. He's gonna, they're in field goal position. He fumbles as he gets tackled. They get the ball. They go back, kick the field goal. So it's 17 nothing. I don't care who you are. It's like we, we've talked about this. Buffalo, and, Minnesota. Exactly. And the NFL, when that happens to you, you're in deep crap. I don't care how much better you are than the other teams. Um, I think if I had to sum up this game, yeah. I still have a lot of the same concerns with the Washington Redskins on the offensive side of the ball. Okay. To me, it would be – I think they – Chris Thompson didn't play. I know. And I, and I, I'm I, sure they felt the effects of that. They, they do. I mean, he's a playmaker, especially for a quarterback who likes to throw the ball short. He can do stuff after the catch. I do think that I, – I, I, after seeing them now for whatever it is, five weeks – I would say with them, they can't be this spread it out, throw it football team. I just don't think that's what's that's going to help them win in the long run. Pound it with Adrian Peterson? I think they have to kind of go that route first. Alex Smith, when you spread it out and doing that, it's just never going to be aggressive enough to make the big throws that are there to be had when you're in the shotgun and three wide receiver sets or four wide receiver sets. If I'm them, I would start getting into the more of the power run game. They have a very good offensive line. Very good. They got two tight ends that can really put teams in a jam yeah. if they do split them out. Aaron or Davis had another big game. Exactly right. And uh, they have a good running back. Adrian Peterson, I mean, man, whew. to play like that with a hurt shoulder. See, that's football players are masters at fuck it. They are the masters at that. I was going to say uh, it's playing under with pain, but that works too. Yeah, I think it's football. Has he impressed you with what you thought he was going to be this year? Compared yeah, to what he's he definitely is? been better than what I thought. Um, I'm not. I didn't never thought he was going to be like what Chris Carter said. Like he's done. He needs to quit. But yeah, I think his quickness. His acceleration is still better than I gave it credit for, and his ability to run through tackles and take on contact is unbelievable. Um, yeah, my biggest issue with them is they score 17 points the way you described, and they didn't score much more the rest of the game. No, they did not. I mean, they had 288 yards total offense. So Wow. Yeah, it was... There, there what about was, the Panthers? Because we were saying, man, the Panthers could be a legit team this yes, year. Yes, and the Panthers played well. They really did. The defensive side of the ball did some very good things. Um as the game went on, I mean, yeah, their defense was having their way with the Washington Redskins offense. They just got, got dug in a hole by those tur- yeah, two Yeah, but turnovers. you also said to me that there's a, a, a hole for the Panthers. Yes. And it's their interior O-line. No doubt about it. The Alabama boys saved the Redskins in this game. You know, the Josh Norman so, interception. Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen. They were phenomenal. And, yes, there is, a, them. there is a hole with the Carolina Panthers and the interior part of the offensive line. You know, uh, Trey, Trey Turner. I'm he's blanked. been banged up a lot. He's been banged up. He got his butt whooped. Hold on, I got to pull up the other. Is it Larson? I always blank on their names. It is uh, Van Roden. Van, Ro- Van Roden, right? They Van were Roden's abused, and Van Roden was specifically abused by. Deron I mean, Payne think about this. I'm just going to read you the names of the Panthers O line. Yeah, do that. Chris Clark is their left tackle. Van Roten is the left guard. Ryan Khalil center. Trey Turner's right guard, and and Moten is right tackle. Right. I mean, that ain't. That's why I'm been so surprised by the Panthers' success. Yeah, is I thought that was going to bring them down, and yet it hasn't. No, but it's a pain in their butt. I'll say that, and it does affect Cam throwing the ball at times to where 
he has people around him or he's about to throw a touchdown to Devin Funches and his arm gets hit and Josh Norman's burnt toast and he gets a he gets an interception. You know, so that's the funniest thing is the public sees a Josh Norman interception right. and they go, "He's back after last week." Right. And you look at the film and go, "He was destroyed." Double moved him and they double moved him to be a touchdown, touchdown, but because the defensive lineman hit it, now Josh Norman looks like the right. goat instead of the goat. And then he forced the fumble on DJ Moore. Yeah. Later on, where he punched it out, which was a great play. Great but play. you're right. Now the 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 world is corrected as far as everybody's concerned about hmm. him. Um. Let me see what else. How's Eric Reed been playing? Eric Reed was didn't do anything that popped out to me. Didn't make any mistakes. Yeah, I did watch him and keep track of him. He started the football game. Yeah, he did. Did well. Um, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you that he was anything special or anything like that. Uh, I just want to see if I'm missing anything else. But I mean, holy shit! Do you know who the wide receivers were for Washington to start the game? Brian Quick. Some guy named Sprinkle, and they started Vernon Davis at wide receiver. Yeah, and they didn't have Chris Thompson, and they still won that game. Yeah, I know that's crazy. It is crazy, but that's what happens. Vegas knows their shit when another team screws it up. And uh, both teams after a bye loss this week. Um, what else? I just wanted to say one more thing. I'm sorry for the dead moment here. Let's see, Carolina D really playing well. Other than the second drive of the game, Skins struggling to do anything on O. It's work. Panthers zone coverage is so good. I mean, it's the fourth quarter I wrote, and they've played man-to-man like one time the whole football game. Um, Thomas Davis back. Oh, I mean, that? here's another play that was just game-changing play. I mean, Julius Peppers goes around Morgan Moses on a third down and crushes Alex Smith. He fumbles the ball, falls into Trent Williams' lap, and he runs for 12 uh, yards, yeah. and they kick a 56-yard field goal. They're not going to be in field goal range if Alex Smith doesn't fumble. And if you think about it, if they didn't make that field goal, then Carolina only would have needed need a, a field, field goal, goal to tie, the the and they easily would have hit That's it. That's how crazy the NFL is. Um, That's why like, we do a betting show, right. and we like to do it. But like, if you're really betting on the NFL, it's fucking nonsense, bro. It is like... That game, the Miami Bears game, yes. like there's so many games that are turned around on some nonsense. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, the second half, I, I wrote the only thing that really had any success at all was some edge runs by Adrian Peterson. Mm. And uh, to my point with that, too, with them running the football, I think that's the only way you're going to get aggressive pass plays out of Alex Smith. He loves that, play action. Play action. Yeah. Right. And I just think that's their best way going forward. If I was a Redskins fan, that's what I would be asking for. Uh, I wrote, the Skins got to be very picky about how much man-to-man they can play because none of them are good at it. All right, I'm going to give you a little bit of my research yep. uh, before the week. I hate doing this, yep. but I looked up Dallas-Washington. Right. Dallas has been owning them. Yes, they have. Six of the last seven, the Cowboys have beaten Washington, um, and the Cowboys are 6-1 and one against the spread against the NFC East, and Washington is 1-5 against the spread against the NFC East. So I'm just letting you know where I'm probably going to be betting on that game. My early thought would be Cowboys all the way there, too. That's, a, that's not a good matchup for the Redskins' offense, especially. No. You know, their, their offensive line is one of their strengths for their team. That gets negated against that Dallas O-line. And I would say that and then Dallas can down. pin down the two Atlanta, Alabama guys in the middle Definitely. and run to the outside, exactly Zeke should right. have success. I uh, would think so, All too. Right, so $500 <laughs> Washington, you want to do it? <laughs> All right. Uh, I think that's good. Thank you for opening up your notebook. Uh, thank you guys for listening to us get very emotional about Odell. I was not planning on doing that today, but... I got, 
I got a big bet to, uh, for for last night. Holy crap! Tonight, big. You have five hundred dollars right. on the co- on the Simpson left go ball. Kyle Shannon to cover nine and a half right, right against right. the Green Bay Packers. Yep. Our favorite quarterback versus our favorite coach. Yes. And it's going to be awesome. It is going to be awesome. All right, four Sims. Peace out, homies. Pendrick says good evening. And the LEFKOE. Pendrick there. I don't know. LEFKOE. Man. Says holla, 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 holla. Uh, we will see you guys soon. And again, Wednesday night, 8 p.m., the new Sims and Lefko, the show. We are going to have uh, the two star linebackers right now for the Jets who both had an interception, Avery Williamson and Darren Lee. We had a best football friends competition. And to my Eagles fans out there, Terrell Owens gives behind the scenes on the sit-ups in the driveway. <laughs> That's awesome. It's going to be awesome. We'll see you then. Peace. Peace. Peace.